Hello, everybody, and welcome to Take a Knee. This is Season 2, and I'm Pastor David. Well, I wrote something a few weeks ago that I wanted to read on Take a Knee to just kind of dramatize something that I was able to do a few weeks ago, and I wrote for our app. And I have a regular blog that I do on our Valley Community Church app, and you can check that out. But I wanted to read it online because I wanted you to get a feel for just kind of was what was my heart behind a discovery. If, you know, I love to take the Word of God, and I like to not only make it applicable for our times when you take those truths and you apply them to, to the challenges of our culture, I like to do that. But also, I love the creative element that sometimes that you can use in order to get those points across. And so this what this dramatic reading I'm going to uh, give to you here in just a moment is really kind of the uh, culmination of a teaching that I had done. And we're just going through the Bible since the beginning of the year, studying different characters in Scripture. We call it the Hall of Faith. And, of course, you can check that out at valleychurch.us and uh, on Facebook and and YouTube. But one of the things that really came to my mind was, okay, what would it have been like for that conversation between Josiah and his grandpapa, Manasseh? Because they would have known each other, and Josiah would have known Manasseh, and Manasseh went on to live longer even after uh, his big revelation. And so I, I kind of wanted to write something that was creative and what it would have been like in their conversation. So let me go ahead and read that right now. Hi, Grandpa. Are you up? Yes, my boy. Come. Grandpa is just moving a little slow this morning. Grandpa, I was talking to my governess this morning, and she said that you used to live in Babylon. Is that right? Yes, Josiah, I did, but I'd rather not talk about that today. Isn't there anything else you'd like to talk about? But Grandpa, Babylon, it's an enormous city. I hear much about it. Can't you tell me anything? Yes, well, you know, maybe it is time that we talk about it. You are king now. You're about the age I was when I became king. How did you come to live there since you were king? Well. That's a hard story to tell. Why, Grandpa? Babylon is not a nice place to be. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Grandpa was not a king there. I was a slave. I was a prisoner. What? That can't be true, Grandpa. You were the great king of Judah for 55 years. I know. But I learned something that I have, I have been sharing with you. Do you remember what that is? Yes, sir, that the Lord, he is the Lord, and he is God. Are there any other gods, Josiah? No, sir, not one. Well, Josiah, before I came to know that the Lord is God, I was a wicked person. No, no, Grandpa, that can't be true. Yes, it was. Well, Can you tell me what you did to deserve such great punishment from God? Yes, I will tell you, because I never want you to forget it, Josiah. 
as my name is Manasseh, you must never, and you must, you must never do what I did, and you must always remember who I was, and you must determine to never become like I was or do the things that I did. Well, my father, Hezekiah, was a righteous and famous king, but he died when I was young, and I'd only heard of his great exploits. And when it was my turn to lead, I didn't think that what my father did was good for the people. I was so young. They seemed miserable to me, so I, I looked to the other nations as to what they did, and I found that they worshiped gods who were full of frivolity and excitement. And as a young king, I wanted that. So I began to set up places where people could worship these other gods. The people loved me for it. There was some resistance from my father's friends and and company and prophets who warned me, but in time they either died or they just became quiet. All except Isaiah. He's another story. I hated even the sound of his name. But I became very wicked. I served these other gods by sacrificing my children in the fire to them. I'm ashamed to even mention that, Josiah. Please forgive me. You would have had many more cousins and family if I had not done that. Well, I also trafficked other human beings in slavery and sexual trades, many of whom were children. Are you okay, Grandpa? Yes, Josiah. It's, it's just hard for me to realize these things. But you must know, you must never become like what I was. I spared myself no luxury or pleasure. The people joined in with me. These foreign gods and their so-called priests encouraged us to forget who we were and created to be and become just like animals of, of pleasure. We didn't just forget that we were Yahweh's people, but we forgot that we were even men or women. We indulged in drinking and cruelty like no one had ever heard. That, that, that's very sad, Grandpa. I know, Josiah. But I know that all this evil brought judgment upon me and upon us. And I am so sorry for this, Josiah. But it is not too late for you. You should remember my story and go and change this world. Be passionate, my son. Let the world know that the Lord, he is God. Lead, lead by example and do what you can to restore the favor and blessing that God has always, he's always promised to give us if we served him. Grandpa, yes, my little king. I'm going to be the greatest king there ever was. I'm going to go forth and I'm going to change this world. I will shut down the places of prostitution, the gambling halls, and the places where evil is celebrated. I will stop the sex trafficking and drug dealers. I will make sure that his name is not defiled or forgotten. I will make sure that the temple is dedicated once again to worship, to worship the only wise, powerful, and loving God. I will do what I can to make Judah great and blessed again by the God of our fathers, the God who placed us here in this great nation for all of our faults and evils. God is mercifully as he surely was to you. I will pray for you, my grandson, and I will pray with my very last breath that it might be so, that you and your children's children would be blessed and highly favored. Grandpa, 
Do you think it would be too early for me to start now? Go forth, young man. Change this world. So this was something that I wrote specifically in response to what is really, what was there in the scriptures regarding Josiah, a remarkable young man, the age of eight years old becoming king, and then beginning to make reforms at the age of 12 and 16 and 21. Every age, every change in his, his maturity, he increased his intensity toward bringing revival back to Judah. Of course, he learned through the prophet as he discovered the word of God that judgment was on its way, that Manasseh, the sins of Manasseh were, 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 were going to have to be paid for. And so this 70 years of exile was, was on its way. But Joshua was promised that it wouldn't happen in his lifetime. Such a story, such a powerful, powerful story. And again, the parallels today are very unique, as you saw in my writing. But I really believe that this is a time when the people of God need to rise up. This is a time when we need to be thinking in terms of how we are going to respond to such a great, a great time of need and struggle. I understand. We all know what's going on in, in this world, and I know that we have to make some hard choices. And I wonder if, if, if when we think in terms of, of Josiah and the decisions he had to make, that if maybe Josiah represents where the church ought to be right now in the face of the darkness that surrounds us, the, the wave after wave of, of those things that just shock us, we, 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 we have to question, at times we question ourselves. Is the Bible really true on these things? I've, at times I've, I've heard people that I respect beginning to take different angles on how to handle some of these, these great sins, these, these things that are uh, coming over as waves over our nation. And I think sometimes we're, we're so very tempted to want to continue to fit in that we want so desperately to continue to have an audience that we begin to water down our message. See, you can have an audience, but if you don't have a message, what are we going to tell them? Right now we're in the midst of, of studying Ezra and Nehemiah, and I am going to be preaching on Ezra this weekend. And what's interesting, as I will mention right here, is that a revival comes to the people of God who, the first wave of the exiles as they return, there's a revival that comes upon them, but only after they begin to realize that they have violated the word of God in a very grieving way. And it wasn't just so much their behavior, but it was the major life choices and how they were treating marriage and how they were intermarrying with the people around them, really the pagans. And so as a result, watering down their faith, and it wasn't, I mean, you know, people would like to look at that as racism or, um, you know, selective breeding and all that kind of stuff. Remember, this was all based upon the caution that God had given them. He said, look, in the land that you're going, do not marry among these peoples because they worship demon gods. And 
there is precedent, or really there, the New Testament, and, and Paul speaks of this, that we should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And he said, what, you know, what mixture is, is clean water with polluted water? There is, no, there is no mixture. And so, because the polluted water will defile the clean water. And, uh, and so it goes with relationships. And so there is always this balance of evangelism and this, this passion of Josiah to want to go and change the world. But there's also that remembering that while we are crusading, quote, maybe that's not the best word, but while we are crusading to spread the gospel, that we are careful that we don't become like the world, to be in the world and not become of it is such a challenge. And, you know, these days and times have produced for us a greater separation and understanding, especially when you read the Word of God and you read it with intentionality and a desire to want to learn what it is that true holiness is and what being a Christ follower is to be like Jesus in our attitude, in our morality, in our thinking, and our treatment of people, and again, being the church. Is, and of course, that's what we're, we're really talking about here. And so we're called to be salt and light. We're to shine brightly the, the work of God in us, and then to be salt. You know, the, one of the things I want to mention about these two attributes these analogies that Jesus gave us, it's, it's really important to see that when we, when we think in terms of an evangelistic thrust, you'll notice the, the attributes of these uh, different symbols. Light, you know, light doesn't have to work. Light just shines, and so it dispels darkness. The only key for the light is that the light stays bright, that the light remain on. And that, because as long as the light is on, darkness is dispelled. There's nothing really light has to do but just be light. And then salt. Salt is sprinkled in a small measure upon anything, and it changes its chemical composition. Salt, sodium used in all the different things that, that can convert into something uh, even different, like like these saltwater pools, you know, they're able to change the chemical composition and, and uh, the sodium chloride and the chlorine can come out of just simple salt because it can, can salt changes things. It's, salt can be changed. And so by sprinkling Christians among this world, just by the very virtue of our existence, of our being who God has called us to be, we're going to change it. And so sometimes I, I wonder, really, if that is not the issue here. The issue is, is, are we really shining? Are we really being salt? And remember, salt stands out because it's different. It is made up of something different. And that's who we are. We're new creatures in Christ Jesus. We're not like the world. We're not like the composition of this world. And so when we're sprinkled on the world, we change it by virtue of what is now flowing out of our life. The, 
the Holy Spirit's indwelling, our new creation status, our the resurrection of Christ in us, the light that's shining, the, the salt that's impacting. And so I guess my point in, in looking at those two attributes is realizing that it doesn't really take a lot of energy. Now, Josiah is going to go on and he's going to sow an incredible amount of energy. He is going to tear down. He's going to outlaw, you know, some of the things. And he's going to take the bones of the pagan priests and he's going to burn them and he's going to turn them into dust and he's going to scatter the dust because he does not want these places to be remembered. He does not want these places being, uh, you know, places where people would go. Um, I'm trying to think about what they would call those places where they would go and, and offer up sacrifices and sacred places because this is where it used to happen, so on and so forth. See, that's, that's not good. You know, when it comes to king, the kingdom of God, when it comes to Christ, we're not talking about holy places anymore. We are the holy place. We are the temple. There is no more of a temple. And church buildings shouldn't be venerated. There shouldn't be any place where it's more holy than, than other places. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's inside us. And wherever we go, we take the presence of God. So if you think about it, it does not require as much energy that even Josiah was required to sow. We just have to be the light. We just have to shine it. We just have to be Christians, Christ-like. So, but that doesn't negate the need for prayer or intercession or for sharing the gospel. Not at all. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do certain things to love our cities, to reach out, to share the gospel, to have vacation Bible schools, to preach the gospel, to use the internet, to, you know, so on and so on. I'm not saying that at all. I think we need to use it all because we have to, we have to take the light into a room where there's darkness. So we now shine the light through the, the internet. We shine the light every Sunday and any other time we have services. We shine the light in our schools. We shine the light in our workplaces. We shine the light wherever we go. So there is activity. There's, there still is the um, the expression, there is the adding, there is the, the action that is taking place. But it's just simply us being who we are. We don't necessarily have to be odious or pushy or religious. We just need to smile and love and be concerned and let the fruit of the Spirit come out of our lives, which will naturally come when we're focused on Christ. And all the good stuff is going to happen. There's, there's no doubt about it. And so it's, it's an amazing thing, an amazing thing that, that's taking place in our life if we, if we continue to let it grow. Now, I'm excited about this new season as we uh, prepare for this. And uh, I have promised from the beginning that I would like to interview some people. And so I'm going to, Lord willing, I'm going to interview some of my staff. I'm going to interview some other pastors that I know, men that, that have had an impact on my life uh, and, and other women who've, who are doing incredible things. And so I hope in this next season to be able to do some of that, to encourage you, and again, you know, uh, embracing the whole idea of, of taking a knee and uh, for you to take this, this 20 to 25-minute time out of your day to just listen to some of the ideas and thoughts and revelation 
and teaching that God has given me and uh, to encourage you. So I want to finish with that to just say that, you know, when we think in terms of us being salt and light, if we want to be like Josiah, to have that passion to change the world, you know, don't be discouraged by the, the enormity of, of, of the challenge, of the, of the mission. Because when we think of Josiah, just remember that Josiah had the place. He was the king. And he just said, you know, I'm going to use what God has given me to advance the, the name of Jehovah throughout all the land, to restore and make Israel and make Judah great again as a result of his position. And so we just need to look at our position, our jurisdiction. What, where has God placed us and shine there and impact there? And then perhaps even expand that through our local churches by reaching for people, by serving in the cafes and the nurseries and the worship team and the, and the greeters and the uh, soup kitchens and the uh, Celebrate Recoveries and the small groups leadership and all the different things that the church can do. You can certainly expand your sphere of influence by just volunteering, getting involved, leading, and change the world. Be, have that heart of Josiah to be able to passionately change it one human being at a time. And we can do it because we've been graced and anointed to do it. It is in us. We just need to release it. We need to tap into our inner Josiah and let it, and let it go. Amen? Well, thanks again for joining me here on Take a Knee. And again, welcome to Season 2. And can't wait for some of the wonderful things we have planned. God bless you, and we'll see you again soon.